Hello and welcome to Doc Talk Podcast, brought to you by Morale Cooler Productions, uh, Bill Fisher Tackle, Bill Fisher Outfitters. Throw, uh, West West End Outfitters in there. West End Fish Company. Yeah, little fun timber action in there. Throw spread the love around. We're uh, coming to you live from an undisclosed location. Yeah, it might be on Nantucket. Could be. Might be. We're definitely six feet apart from each other because we're in the middle of this uh, virus thing, right? Six feet? Yep, definitely. Rod length. Yeah. We'll be your host, CB. Uh, that's Chris Bell, CB. I'm Corey Gamble, Captain Corey Gamble, and... Cam Gamble. Twin brother to Corey Gamble. Yep. Oh, yeah. Here we go. And just like we... Uh, just like this is uh, put on by a lot of different... You know, organizations. There's going to be a lot of us getting involved, but you got a couple of the main characters who are going to be here every day. We'll be fading in, fading out, see who's around, what special guests we can bring in to keep everybody happy. Yeah. So, Doc Talk, why are we Doc Talk? Well, hopefully, um, once we get towards the middle of the summer, the heat of the summer, the charter season, we'll be kind of unwinding at the end of the day, finish cleaning up the boats, have a beer. Talking about the day, talking about the week, what we can look forward to, things like that. Um, so I can tell you, so here's here's why I'm excited about this podcast, is that our fishing season goes from basically May through October. In April, we're getting everything organized. Wintertime, we're buying crap to get ourselves organized. November, we're breaking everything down. So if you ask us at the end of the season what was awesome about the season, it just mumbles into one thing. It's just one idea. Like at the end of it, it was, it was a good season. What was so great about it? Call out of fish, good people. Like you, that's what it unfortunately comes down to. But if you ask me on any Friday in June or July, how was your day today? I can tell you it was fucking awesome and I can tell you why it was awesome. So we need to make sure you know there will be swearing <laughs> and emotional language. We get excited. So at this point... Cover your kids' ears or let them grow up quickly. Yeah, it's a good time for them to learn. But how that's you, how do you not get excited? Yeah, Talking baby. Fishing, hanging out with buds. So, so that's exactly it. It's <clears throat> we're here to talk about fishing, but we're here to to sort of document every phase of it and and to share with you the the awesomeness that is our our everyday. Because when you don't talk about it every day, or we're going to talk try and talk about it once a week, it kind of get lost in the fold like everything else in life. And while we're talking about fishing. It's all about stories. One of our great buddies' boat is named Storytime, and that's for a reason. And it's it, there's a lot more to fishing than catching the fish. It's about the experience together and hanging out. And there's also funny, awesome, like always funny stories. Someone falls over, poking fun of a buddy. Someone loses a fish. So expect some humor in it, some tips, uh, and some entertainment. Yeah, I think it all kind of came about because I just talking to you guys. You've been around fishing and chartering for so long that I just love hearing your stories. No matter if it's over and over again, I still love hearing the stories. And I just wanted other people to be able to experience those stories, that how much joy they brought to me. Well, it's crazy. I mean, we're getting on 20 years chartering and still feel quite young doing it. And that's where I can't wait to get... The Pete Kaisers, Bobby DaCostas of the world, and even guys who go beyond their experience to really understand how everything's evolved and keep you guys entertained on the stories that they have, that we have, and kind of pass it down 
generation to generation. So again, we're in an undisclosed location, and I can't share where we are. But I, I just it just reminded me of a quick story where we were in the tackle shop, and it was like three years ago, rainy, crappy day, and I'm standing in the tackle shop, undisclosed, undisclosed. I'm not there now, <laughs> and I look. Up at the the big bass that's on the wall. It's sixty pounds, Kim. Or is it sixty two pounds? Sixty two pounds. And uh, and guy walks in. He's got his waders on. He's probably mid eighties, kind of making that up. But he's not young. I can tell you that. Walks in, looks at that fish. He goes, "I was there when that fish was caught." And I tell you what, it's like it was a rainy day that was a nothing to me. Mm-hmm. But that one comment was like. Holy Stuck. shit, my, my, my day is going to be different today. And the story, I'll tell you really quickly, is phenomenal because there were a bunch of guys on the beach and they could not get to a pile of fish. They couldn't cast far enough to get to a pile of fish. And they kept casting and casting, couldn't do it. And it was a couple hours and they ran out of beer. And he drew the short, short straw and had to go in. And I think it was to hatches to go get beer. He had to go in somewhere to go get beer comes in and he comes back and i think there's a dozen of those fish and frankly that was not the biggest really yep lying on the beach and the guys are all sitting back waiting for the beer and the the, the run had already happened (laughs) oh that's the ultimate kick in the nuts man (laughs) but here's a guy i mean back to story time this is a guy who literally uh, uh, you know years 30 40 50 years later i forget when it was caught walks in the shop and he smiles thinking back through it even though he was not the guy who caught it you know, that experience to him still brings up emotion. And that's what stories are. Stories bring up a positive emotion, negative emotion, you know. But And luckily with time, most of the negative sort of fade away. And he was smiling, laughing, telling that story. And I can tell you, a rainy day just turned into a memorable day because of the connection points of story time. I mean, that's the coolest part about Nantucket, just an old fishing village. We're going to tell it from our point of view uh, starting now. Uh, but... Getting the history into it will be awesome. Uh, you'll see a lot of guys we talked to, just like the story you heard from Corey, a lot of beach fishermen. The stories of beach fishermen here are just absolutely unbelievable. But a lot of the stories you'll get from us in our active day-to-day, week-to-week experience will be from the boats and from Mattaquet and the West End. But we don't want to keep that as kind of the sole focus. It's what we do regularly, so it'll turn into the focus. But we're going to bring in lots of other people to get a variety of stories for you. Other folks you might hear from might be uh, our good friend and other fellow captain, Dano Lynch. <laughs> when, when he's, he's on, probably hold. the king of the stories. Yeah, when he's on, hold on. And I'll tell you, those are stories that are not going to stop or probably start with fishing. They're going to go a whole <laughs> different angle. You're going to get fewer stories, but better uh, fishing tips from Captain Bill Tolston. Oh, yeah. He, uh, when we say we've got 20 years, he has 30 years experience. And, man, he teaches us stuff every day. And that's, I'll tell you, that's one of the best parts about how we work. And, and you guys probably don't know it, but you'll get to know it. What we see ourselves is, is we're a group of guides who all work together. And it's, it's for the most part in our outfit, it's Billy, Chris Bell, and myself. The three of us are kind of the stalwarts. But Cameron comes in on a regular basis, and he's been doing this just as long as I have and uh, brings a different perspective. Dano's been doing it. 10 plus years. Uh, Dr. Mike gets involved. I mean, there's a lot of guys who get involved and we all learn from each other. This is, it's, it's fun. It's not like we've got a new guy in the block who everyone has something to contribute, you know? So that's what makes it so much fun. Not just fishing, but stories, um, you know, fixing a boat, you know, it's now a point where if, if I've got an issue, probably Chris Bell's the first guy I turn to, even though he's the youngest guy in the, in the crew, you know? 
but that's what our relationship is. It's just a group of guys, guides, guys, you know, working together and we have fun while we do it. That's the whole goal. If it's not fun. I mean, we had a guy who worked for us for a couple of years ago, Chris, mm-hmm. and he was actually a decent fisherman, good with people, but he wasn't a fit person wise, you yeah. know, and that's, that's what we need. And that's the same with customers, right? Yeah. If you are not a fit as a customer to us, we're probably not going to be excited about having you back, come back fishing with us. Yeah. And maybe they get along better with Bill than they do with me or get along better with me than they do with Corey. Um, but they hope, we hope that they just keep coming back. I'd say that's that's probably consistent with our customers is they find the guide within us that they like. And I think that's our secret sauce as a business yeah. is we are not a churn and burn business. It's, it's definitely not about the number of fish you catch. I mean, we feel pretty good about the number of fish we catch, but it's all about the experience while fishing. And it's not about having the best fishermen. In fact, I think the three of us will agree right here. We'd probably rather that... Uh, guy's wife who's never fished before who we can teach how to cast rather than uh joe pro fisherman who's fished forever all around the world who thinks he's an expert to start um i think we love people learning we really love kids learning and then the excitement of once you've learned to be able to execute it on your own and then bring it to the beach and do other facets with it is awesome for and us share a story with us that things you may have learned or caught or taught your kid as you come back out with us again well, it's also like I just got a uh, I just got a uh, a text last night from a very good uh, I'll say a good friend first and a good we talk about clients a lot and that's not necessarily the right word because most of our clients have become friends at this point and for there's, sure there's a blur in it but from a good friend a good client uh, he good for him he holed up in the last five weeks down in the Bahamas and I get a text yesterday from him of a uh, probably about a 40 pound yellowfin tuna and the, the text basically said miss you Corey can't wait till uh, a striped bass I'll be up next week let's do it you know but he's yeah. got a picture of himself on a and a yellowfin and that's it like we get all winter long getting texts from people and that's what it's become is people want to share all those stories with us which is it's funny because it's that when we're on the boat it's four hours of just it's a rare charter that we're not talking and laughing the whole time. Okay. And it doesn't matter whether it's a 75-year-old man who, you know, is rigid. We can get him laughing and having a good time or a bunch of kids on the bow of a boat, you know, seeing fish come to the surface. It's We make it fun. Speaking of 75-year-old man and coming to you from an undisclosed location, um, this was like seven or eight years ago. I'll never forget it, Corey. And I wasn't here to experience it. We got a call in from... Uh, a guy who worked here, there was a guy that came to the shop and puts his head in, takes his head out, puts his head back in, and kind of goes like, what are you doing? He goes, well, I'm trying to figure this out. I got a liquor store, I got a hardware store, I got a sandwich shop, and a tackle shop. There's got to be a strip club right around here. This is like the perfect combination. That's the only thing we're missing. And like, we just sat there laughing. Like, it, like these guys come up with such great stories. It's so good to be around these guys. Um, that's fun. what we enjoy most, and that's what we want to share with you. So it leads me to a question, and I'm going to ask both you guys. But uh, Chris Bell is, we'll just give him the title of the, the creative director of Bill Fisher Outfitters. He's He's just young, energetic. He's, he thinks he's, he's got an awesome mind. So 
couple years ago, you came up with the idea of the morale cooler. Yes. And uh, I'm going to give you my two cents real quick, and then I want you to throw in yours. It was on a, again, Chris is not only creative, but incredibly thoughtful. I think it was on a crappy day that Billy and I were both coming in on our boats, docking them, and we look up, and Chris Bell's behind the boats, and he's got beers handed to us, which is, you know, five or six days a week we're drinking beers together, hopefully. Um, and But he also brings up a cooler, and... and Tell us, tell us about it. what is the morale cooler? How did it start? What's the story? So uh, I think I was in the group text with you two. Um, you're both talking about not being able to find fish or not maybe struggling on a trip, maybe with clients or whatever. Um, and I was like, you know what? I, I need to get these guys some beer. And I, I ran to Bill's house. I knew we had plenty of coolers down in the basement. And I picked the crappiest cooler. <laughs> <laughs> it was, this was no Yeti. I picked... Uh, Probably a 20-year-old igloo. Um, Still works, though. Yeah, works perfectly. <laughs> Threw a bunch of stickers on it. And uh, thanks to Matic and Marine, we've got an ice chest. Threw some ice in there, grabbed a 12-pack of Budweiser and, you know, helped them clean up the boats and decompress after a, a struggling trip. It, it- there's nothing that lights that like lightens that load like just being with friends. Same mm-hmm. thing as family, but you guys are family in the summer. Being with friends and taking the burden of your off your shoulders and telling the stories from the day. And often you come in frustrated, but in reflecting, it probably was a pretty good day. You probably <laughs> maybe only caught a couple of fish, but those fish mattered to the people more than you think. Yeah. Or it, it's always just fun that comes out of the stories and. Uh, trust me, and we'll get into it way deeper in the season, but the stories evol- devolve way beyond fishing. Well, that's the thing is we, I think what happens, and I, 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 re- I don't remember the fishing trip, but I remember Chris Bell walking down, and that, that, that sticks with me. But what I can tell you is this, and this is just how I work, is I care so much that we have a great experience on the water. And as Cameron's alluded to, and you think he's kind of underselling how many fish we catch, but, you know, keeps talking. Sometimes we don't catch a lot. We catch a lot of fucking fish, you know. Yes. Um, We're trying to say a bad day. We're trying to keep everyone comfortable. I, I got you. I got you. But don't fucking sell us short here. A humble you know, brag right but, there. <laughs> or straight up brag. We're just putting too much pressure on ourselves. Yeah. But it's, I will say that, you know, we work so hard to make sure it's a great experience. And I, it's you can't compare it to any other job because we are on the water. Our office is 360-degree view. Like So there's not complaining coming out of my voice. What it is is we really work hard to make sure it is a great experience for you. And when it's hard fishing, it's hard for us. And we come in and we are mentally exhausted as well as you got to remember we've probably logged a 14 to 15-hour day. And just to have that breath and to be with a friend and we all i think believe this idea of positive energy is you know contagious and one sip of a beer and a friend smiling at you and jumping on the boat helping you that just changes the whole day you know yeah i think it also sparked from because we have clients that may have may bring a couple extra beers um and then we'll just say oh we can't drink them right now we got another trip after this just leave them in the cooler so we go through the next trip looking forward to that beer, and then you get that next client, and they're like, oh, is this beer for us? And you can't really say it's for you, the guide. <laughs> so you're like, oh, yeah, sure, you can have it, but to under your breath, uh, you're, you're holding it. And- so that's the difference between Chris and I. We've, um, 
you know, I'll say we are pretty much equal in most regards, but the one area where we are not equal is Chris is a lot more polite than I am. And uh, I've come up with a hard and fast rule that any beer or alcoholic beverage that enters the boat is not going home with the customer. <laughs> and that's that's made very clear from the beginning. And uh, it, it again, it's not we're not huge drinkers, but that beer ends up in the morale cooler. Exactly. And people now know that. Chris Chris is still trying to learn that one. Um, <laughs> same where I've got no qualms asking a customer whether it's a longtime friend or somebody new to bring me a sandwich. Chris is still trying to figure out that one a little bit. But you just can't be ashamed to when you want something. Because if you look in the morale cooler and there's nothing in there, now you have a dark day. <laughs> yeah. Well, along those lines, you guys just kept alluding to long days. It reminds me of my favorite quote from uh, a great client or friend, Bubba, who uh, he goes, you guys are the only people in the world who do three half-day trips. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I mean, often you're starting at 3 a.m. and you're finishing up at 7 p.m. But yeah, three half-day trips, he just thinks <laughs> is the funniest thing in the whole world. He's, he's right. It is actually hilarious, you know, um, and it is. And that doesn't work, but <laughs> so, somehow everyone's happy. But yeah. we do it. I mean, welcome to short season and, you know, it's... I can tell you the reason, I mean, obviously money, you gotta, you're, you're trying to feed your family. We all know we're doing this because it is a business to a certain degree. But a large reason why I do it is if a customer calls up and says, hey, can I fish? And I see that there's a tide at 3.30 to 7.30 that evening, but I've already got two trips done. How can I tell a family that wants to fish? Mm-hmm. No, because I want to go home and do what? Sit in my bed or sit on my lawn? Like, how, how can I tell them no? The thing is, like, we're in a spot where people are so lucky and they really have access to so much. And whether they're spending a lot on a vacation or have their wonderful home here, this is the thing that they look forward to. It's like those moments become memories. And you can take a season long, take a summer for someone where they're here for 60 days or eight weeks. And often fishing is the thing that they remember most. So us taking that extra effort or anyone taking that extra effort to create these new experiences or different experiences for people will be memories of a lifetime. So it's just fun to get them on the water and be the highlight of their vacation. It's true. It is. I mean, it's, and that's how you got to think about it. It's like the moment that you get caught up in yourself in this whole thing, because you're exhausted. You know, I know Chris does it. Cameron, you got the real estate thing. So you are going seven days a week. It's just a different angle, but like, um, you know, and most people in Nantucket are going seven days a week in some capacity. It's like, it's exhausting. But the moment you start thinking about yourself as opposed to those around you is the moment that you lose what's so important in life. And I think they're all seeing it, frankly, right now in these hold-up times. It's like, I think anybody, any one of us would rather be on our 40th day straight on the water than our 40th day straight in our house. <laughs> like, like, so don't start complaining that you're doing 40 days worth of, you know, work in a row because i think we all can attest that's way better than sitting on your tail end you say you're tired though and clearly you are at the end of the day like i i often squeeze in the trips that i take at 4 a.m so i i can work my other job in the afternoon but i don't remember ever like being on the boat with people and being physically exhausted at that moment like people bring you energy the fish bring you energy 
to say someone's walking down the dock and all of a sudden you need to lie down on the deck. <laughs> that happens quite a bit. Yeah. And especially with Captain Billy, who's not here. He's, he's a notorious nap guy. And oh, in yeah. fact, the only reason there are beanbags on those boats are... <clears throat> He he loves that little downtime. You uh, you joke because often between tides or just the way everything's making up, there's two or two and a half hours between trips. It's plenty of time to go grab a sandwich or even run home and do an errand. And he never leaves that boat. If he has 15 minutes free, he closes those eyes. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's a, it is a reminder, and I talk about this with with my wife a lot. Is is we all have way more energy than we give ourselves credit for. And, uh, and you just nailed it, Cameron. Energy can come from the sun. It can come from the people around you. It can come from any number of things. But we all, it, it's adapting our bodies a little bit. We all, we all have the ability to do whatever we want to do. You know, we just, you just have to train your body how to do it. Yeah. And I mean, luckily, we're not training our bodies to work in a freaking coal mine, right? <laughs> we're training our bodies to fish. We're training our bodies to be outdoors. So, um, you know. So we're lucky. We're very lucky. So it's mid-April. Yeah. Wind hasn't stopped blowing probably since October, right? No, I, I joke, but I can't remember this much wind in the last four or six weeks. And yeah. it's like uh, my wife had a, and I had a bit of an argument the other day, and she said, I can't wait to see sun. I said, I can't wait to not have wind. <laughs> and, like, that was our honest argument. Yeah. And But we're close. We're really close for Scythia Blooming. Fish have been caught over on the vineyard. I talked to Rob at Cape Cod Times yesterday, and there's a lot of schoolies being caught uh, on the Cape, and fresh schoolies with lice on them, and even a couple keepers caught up on the Cape. Okay. So we're we're there. My, my Next few days, I would say. I, I bet there's fish here, and I bet there's been fish here for a little while, but, man, that South Shore has not been accessible. No. Uh, and so few people have been fishing that we maybe or probably missed them if they're here. But hopefully we got a decent weather push coming. I'm going to say only, but only 15 to 20 miles an hour wind for the next couple of days. And there's always spots in the lake. So hopefully we'll get people out there bending a rod or two because it would be nice to get this thing going. Yeah, I mean, that's it. It's there's time this um, year is really fun because it just brings a level of energy and excitement. And while the truth is no one should be fishing the saltwater because our ponds are that good, like you get like six weeks of epic pond fishing here mm -hmm. but guys are just itching to get that like how do you not get the itch you know? oh it's awesome it's awesome you just know everything's starting yeah and you're as excited this time of year to catch a 14 inch striper as mid-season when you're catching that 14 pound or 20 pound striper so it's like get out there use the appropriate rod and reel and or a light fly rod and have fun man exactly these uh these early fish aren't that picky um, truthfully, people always ask, what do you use? What do you use? And I say, make sure it's swimming and they can see it because yeah. they'll, they'll jump on it and they'll eat it. Uh, so it, it's a really fun time of year. We get a lot of our early action on the west end. Usually our, our first action is just right on the south shore, and then those fish migrate uh, all throughout the west end, up the north shore, and then down into the harbor. And it doesn't take long for them to get in the harbor. Yeah, but, within a few yeah. days, I would say. Yeah, well, and they, and they come in thick when they come, man. I mean, it's like a story from last year was, um, I'm sure you guys all have these stories, is as um, I was out fishing, I was fishing the harbor, and it was like three days in a row, I was like, Three fish in four hours, two fish in four hours, just picking, not seeing a lot. There's a lot of bait, but you're not seeing fish. And then one day, I think I was up around first bend, you know, right at the first point maybe even, and I just looked underneath the boat, and I just, I mean, 
I'm going to say hundreds, thousands of fish just kept coming. It was obviously a wave of fish. You know, we talk about a biomass a lot. That was a biomass. There was a school of fish I just watched come in. And I put lures through them, and they were moving. They weren't, these fish were not eating. I mean, I might have pulled off one or two, but, I mean, it was minutes of just waves of fish coming through, which was awesome. But the next day, I think I caught 12 to 15 in four hours. So that's how quick. Well, along those lines, I remember it was this time of year. It must have been eight years ago. Where we had caught a couple fish, and it had been okay, but not great. And then I caught three or four fish in about, I don't know, a 15-minute span, all in the South Shore, all smaller fish. And my buddy came over the dunes and called me up there. And I was like, why are you calling me up? I'm, I just had released a fish. He saw it. And I walked up, and we looked, and you could see three or four schools out there, all kind of like... You know, like a hundred by a hundred, like groupings of fish moving along the South Shore, and that's what we could see. It was one of those kind of felt like October crystal clear days where you could see a mile on good clear water, and birds were picking up bait. But those are the fish that are moving in. Um, so, like, it, it's fun this time of year. Like, you don't know what's coming. It might be one or two fish. It might be so. Just keep after it. I mean, obviously, the fish coming in is is what we all want. The other thing that I tell you I love this time of year, and I'm very, very lucky that I now have the time. I, I taught for a long time, as many people know, and I didn't have the time, and it was stressful at the beginning of the season. The beginning of the season now is exciting for me because I spend so much time rehooking all my lures, which is just kind of one of those slow starts. Um, I just uh, three three of our five boats are now commissioned, so we're ready. I mean, the Parker can be in the water in 20 minutes, and Square Tail can be in the water in an hour right now like we're ready and that's to me the other thing I love is is you don't just anybody who loves fishing doesn't just grab a rod and a lure and go the minute that they hear there's fish there they mentally prepare themselves by physically preparing themselves you know they go get their gear ready they lube up they put new line on they check out their hooks and or their, and they realize how rusty everything ready for is. a great story about hooks and new gear uh Corey and i were fishing with a friend maybe we should stop using client but with a friend uh it was like five or six years ago and i definitely won't use his name but he knows who he is and Corey and i had caught uh, probably like six or seven fish a piece. And these fish were super active. And this gentleman had all the hits that we had. He even like had his line tight and rod bent and he could not figure it out. And he was a little bit stubborn that he wouldn't let us guide him and help him. Like it was, there was clearly something wrong. Mm-hmm. And we said like, let's look at the lure, but it was the same lure Corey and I were using. Finally, I grab it. I turn and show Corey, I go, Corey, what do you think's wrong here? He comes over and looks at it and he goes, you idiot, you forgot to take the little piece of rubber off the hook. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just like, we took it off, Corey and I both put rods away, uh, sat there, had a beer, and uh, watched him catch two or three fish on his own. And it's just funny, and we're like, I'll never forget that stupid story, (laughs) and that day would have been forgettable otherwise, um, probably, but... Get get those rubbers off. Get the you you. Uh, that came out wrong. Hey, Keep those that, rubbers on, I gentlemen. Cameron, I think what Cameron's trying to say is take those rubbers off and make that day memorable. <laughs> I think, but the, the the key is Cameron nailed it. Is we are so freaking lucky to fish every day, and back to back to why we want to do this. We're so lucky to fish every day, and it's a bit sad that. Um, 
we sometimes will forget the amazing memories that happen in a day. And that's why we want to do this is to try not to forget some of these amazing things. But the other key piece of this is you can take a mediocre, okay, good, great, amazing fishing day, and you can make it even better by just making it memorable. And and it's up to you how you make it memorable. But we make it fun by laughing, telling stories, and we just, we want every day to be memorable. It's something that my wife gives me a hard time about. I know Cameron's wife gives him a hard time about. Chris Bell will have a wife someday who will give him a hard time about. <laughs> but it's part of what makes us who we are, is that we want every day to be, as Chris Bell says, great, not good, you know? And you do that by making memories. And we'll close out this podcast with Cam's hypothetical question of the week. Ooh, I love this. Um, I'm not. Uh, I've just been put on the spot. So, boys, would you rather... This is a, a fishing-focused one, then I'll go for another fun one. Uh, at this point, have an epic pond day where you're going to catch a perch, a pickerel, a white perch... Uh, and even a stock trout, which may be coming in Nantucket, a little tickler, a little tickler for the next couple of years, uh, or a schoolie bass, 12-inch schoolie bass. What would you rather? So is your, when you say schoolie bass, you're talking about sea run schoolie. Sea run schoolie. One sea run schoolie. Just one. So you have an epic day, probably 40 fish, but four different categories. Or just one lonely little bass. That's the ocean. You know, it, the, what makes that question so awesome, and Cameron's the best at asking hypotheticals. The rest of us are okay, but he's the best. What makes that question so awesome is catching that first striper is so exciting, but our MO is just is laughing and bent rods. And so I got to take that epic day of pond fishing. You know, I, I, I got to. And Chris? I might go uh, schoolie. Yeah. I don't know. I grew up pond fishing, but I mean... Having a all right day on the South Shore, got a couple of buddies there, having a couple of beers, catch a schoolie, still still a great day. You know? a great, every day is a great day. That's what makes it a great question. Now my final one, and they're they're not going to be this clean uh, going forward. And the other my, one, the other one, the other one. This is again lessons learned. We got to ask this question a little bit earlier in the podcast <laughs> next time because these things can go down rat holes and good rat holes. By the way, uh, it is mid June. I'm going to tell you you have the option to catch a 20-pound bass or have a cold beer on the dock with four great friends. What are you going to choose? Still in mid-June? Still mid-June. So you've probably caught a couple of... Chris, you haven't just gotten off the boat. (laughs) No. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're talking about we're fishing on a consistent basis. Still big fish. So you either uh, stay on the dock that day or you go out and catch fish and everybody's gone when you get back. Yeah. I'll stay on the dock. Corey? Yeah, it's, I agree. I mean, this is, we are, we're fishermen, don't get me wrong, but we're people. We just, we love being with each other. And I don't think, what makes the question good is if you asked, if you said for, you know, uh, 200 days season, would you do that every time? No. But that's like, that joy of being around your friends um, is, is pretty spectacular. I'm with you. I, I, I'm, I'm a people person, and I love stories and entertainment and just the decompression at the end of the day. And, and maybe this makes us sound spoiled because we do catch plenty of really good fish, but 20-pound fish isn't something we catch every day. No. And we all have this like innate uh, like childish behavior where all we want to be doing is fishing. So the fact that we're choosing this is, <laughs> is telling. Uh, those uh, would you rather won't be as clean going forward, so maybe we'll have a hold your ear type portion of this podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely do disclosures. We, we will say there will be cursing, but it will be 
probably the right kind of cursing to the teach excitement. a child. Yeah, you know, this is the right time to expose your kids to this kind of talk. Mm-hmm. We will make sure to be kind of t- telling you to take your kids away from most of these hypothetical <laughs> questions. All right, boys, that was cool. awesome. Chris right. Bell, a lot of credit setting that thing up. Until um, next time. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in.